minus 18 seconds and counting engine start. May the wee ones be with you, Thomas. Good Lord, ride all the way. Godspeed, John Glenn. 10, 9. Stay tuned. More later. Thanks, Ono. And that, of course, is in this edition of the news for January 29, 2012. We'll be back in just a moment with national news, international news, special interest group, all the news that matters, and also lots of news on various ham activities and other activities around VK. All up and coming in this edition. From the WIA News Hub in Brisbane and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. G'day everyone, and welcome from the members of the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club. I'm Rod, VK2FERJ. Well, who's 55 years old and showing no signs of retiring? Central Coast Amateur Radio Club Field Day at Wyong, that's who. The 26th of February 2012 marks the 55th year of Australia's largest gathering of ham radio enthusiasts. And every year it just gets better and better. From the flea market to the major suppliers of amateur radio equipment, the various amateur radio clubs and exhibitors, the field day is packed with plenty to interest the amateur radio fraternity. And what would the field day be without our usual lecture program, which promises yet again to be a highlight of the day's activities. This year's topics span the years, starting with vintage radio repair, radar before the magnetron, right up to the new national broadband network. And for our final lecture, we are very pleased to have a presentation from the Hellenic Amateur Radio Association of Australia on the 2011 de-expedition to Lord Howe Island, which included a member of our very own Central Coast Amateur Radio Club. So please check the fieldday.org.au website for more information regarding the lecture program and times. So grab your calendar, mark the date, and we'll see you at the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club Field Day at Wyong, 26th of February, 2012. Psst! And don't forget the raffle! Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is Chris VK2FVKG with an important announcement, the Hastings American Motorcycle Club rally on the 2nd and 4th of March 2012, Friday to Sunday. Location, Hastings Motocross Complex, Burrowan Forest Drive, off the Pacific Highway, south of Port Macquarie. This event includes live bands, stalls, full catering, motocross and unicycle racing, plus much more. Camping available, so are amenities. Strictly no BYO alcohol or dogs. Entries are still available for the unicycle racing. Contact Charlie on 0404079835. This is Chris VK2FVKG. Again, folks, Neil VK4NF back again with a final reminder that the Ham and Wine Fest at McLagan is on this coming Saturday, the 4th of February, commencing at 9am. Barbecue breakfast and lunch available, 1940s and 50s radio display, new and pre-loved gear for sale, multi-draw raffle, 
Lucky Door Prize, and don't forget the wine and the Monster Auction. Look forward to seeing you there. Good morning to all. The Centre Victoria Radio Fest at the Canton Race Course. An hour from Melbourne, Ballarat and Bendigo on Sunday the 12th of February. All the major commercial traders would not miss it, and neither should you. Looking for bargains, components, bits and pieces, connectors, cable, sealed lead-acid batteries or antennas? Then come and check out the second-hand market or car boot sales alley. Want to make a sales table or a car boot space booking? Then be quick and obtain an application form from the Amateur Radio Victoria website. Other attractions are digital amateur television, emergency communications, mini lectures, historical displays and lots, lots more. Free tea and coffee. The venue is mostly undercover, fully catered for or bring your own picnic. The Centre Victoria Radio Fest at Kyneton on Sunday the 12th of February. I'm Bruce Lees and you're listening to VK1 WIA. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In VK5, it can be heard on 7.140 at 9am local. I'm Charlie, VK5 KDK. On the national scene, I'm Graham, VK4BB, and Melbourne Maker Fair, a success. 22nd of January's VK1 WIA News reported on a new Maker column in CQ magazine intended to strengthen ties between radio amateurs and the Maker community. Closer to home, Melbourne's connected community hackerspace held Australia's first mini-maker fair Saturday, January 14. The event, held at Swinburne University, attracted an estimated 400 visitors. Think of it like a ham fest, but with practical stands replacing equipment sales. A number of VK3s attended and enjoyed the event. For those who wished they had gone, several comprehensive videos of the event can be viewed on YouTube. Just search for Melbourne Mini Maker Fair. The World Radio Communications Conference, WRC 12, opened in Geneva, Switzerland on Monday, that's Monday, January 23, attendees to review and revise the radio regulations, the international treaty governing the use of radio frequency spectrum and satellite orbits. More than 3,000 participants are expected to attend the four-week conference. IARU President Tim Allen, VE6SH, has been using Twitter to keep interested radio amateurs apprised of what is happening at WRC 12. To find out what is happening on a regular, sometimes hourly basis, you can check out the RSGB and the ARRL websites and follow Elam on Twitter. That's easy to find, twitter.com forward slash IARU underscore president. The 50th anniversary Perth City of Light with John Glenn and an Aris contact. Here is Ono VK6 FLAB. On the 20th of February 1962, a Mercury Atlas 6 spacecraft called Friendship 7 was launched. In the hot seat was astronaut John Glenn. The objective was to place a man into Earth orbit, observe his reactions to the space environment, and safely return him to Earth to a point where he could be readily found. During the first orbit of three, the spacecraft came into radio range of the Muche tracking station where the first Australian space radio contact was made by Jerry O'Connor, who spoke with John Glenn as he passed overhead. Hello, Muche contact. Uh, this is Friendship 7, uh, reading you loud and clear. How me? John Glenn reported that he saw the city of Perth and a very bright light as he overflew Perth and the Quinana refinery, which flared for the occasion. 
gave Perth the moniker the City of Light. Next month, 50 years after those three orbits, the WA State Records Office, the WA Museum, the City of Perth, ARIS, the Hills Amateur Radio Group and of course NASA are going to celebrate with a public event in the Northbridge Piazza in Perth where around 10 lucky primary and secondary school students will make a public ARIS contact together with web streaming and other activities such as radio telescope, optical telescopes, museum exhibitions, a presentation by the WA Chief Scientist and some others we're working on. I have to say, it helps when there's an amateur at the State Record Office. Hi Meg, VK6LUX. From a technical perspective, we'll be using a telebridge because we don't actually have an overhead orbit to the International Space Station. But Dick, Alpha Hotel 6, November Mike, the Aris Amateur in Honolulu, will be wide awake at midnight to make the contact possible. In Perth, members of the Hills Amateur Radio Group will provide the amateur link between the technology and the students so they can talk to an astronaut. Behind the scenes, there is feverish activity by Tony, Victor Kilo 5, Zulu Alpha India, who is the Aris mentor in Australia. And I recommend you take a moment to take a look at some of the photos he's published online. You'll see a NASA-style console in his shack and a tracking antenna to make you drool. This once-in-a-lifetime experience is going to introduce a whole new generation of kids into space and amateur radio. If you have or know school-going children, primary or secondary, in Western Australia, get them to fill in a competition form on the WA Museum website at museum.wa.gov.au slash city-lights. If you're able to make it to Perth on February 20th, we'd love to see you at the Northbridge Piazza, where we'll be setting up for the contact. Festivities start from 5pm. So, get your kids to fill in the form at museum.wa.gov.au slash city-lights and watch this space. NA1SS, this is WH6PN Honolulu calling for a scheduled contact. Do you copy? Over. WH6PN, NA1SS, have you loud and clear. Over. From outer space to Earth, and VK4 hosts Earth, Fire and Rain. Prevention, Preparedness, Response and Recovery. That'll be the focus of the Australian and New Zealand National Disaster and Emergency Management Conference to be held in Brisbane from April 16 to April 18. The conference will include keynote addresses, concurrent sessions and workshops covering human and social issues, economic and environmental challenges, infrastructure, community and communication topics. So, how did WIA National News come by this story? No, not from Raven or Wyson, but from VU Land and the Ham Radio India at yahoogroups.com web service. Newcastle Amateur finally gets tower approval. Charles Hunt, Victor Kilo 2, Charlie Lima Hotel, after a delay of some 12 months, finally has his tower back. 
George used to live at Stockton but moved to Wall's End. He brought his tower along and when he applied to re-erect it at Wall's End in the same local council, well, the council said no. So with help from the Hunter Group and others, approval was finally achieved and the Hunter Group used to broadcast the WIA news on a regular basis. If anybody's listening in the Hunter area, we'd love you to start up again, so contact WIA National News and we'll do the rest. It's with regret we have to advise of the passing January 14 of Pierce Healy, VK2APQ. Pierce, Victor Kilo 2, Alpha Papa Queen, had celebrated his 100th birthday just last August. Pierce was a life member of both Amateur Radio New South Wales and the WIA. Among many activities, he wrote the amateur band notes in Radio and Hobbies from the 1960s until they ended in the 80s. VK2 APQ, another silent key. From the WIA News Hub in Brisbane and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. I'm Jeff Emery, VK4 ZPP, and I've been thinking... On the link given in the text edition of the news is a reminder of the World Radio Conference being held in Geneva, Switzerland, from the 23rd of January to the 17th of February this year. Readers of Amateur Radio magazine will have previously seen Michael Owens, VK3KO, WIA president, explanation of how this conference fits into the structure of the administration of radio, but with particular reference to the amateur service. Dale Hughes, VK1DSH, will be attending as a member of the Australian Contingent and representing the Wireless Institute of Australia. Some people ask why the Institute spends its resources in attending these meetings. The advanced licensees, they have a decision of a past conference for access to the 10, 17 and 24 megahertz collectively, referred to as the WAC bands. At that time, the meeting was called the World Administrative Radio Conference, thus we get the acronym of WAC. It was one of the first acts of this conference in the 21st century to recommend the removal of the Morse code requirement, which gave limited licensees access to the HF spectrum below 29 MHz. In participating at the highest levels of administration relevant to our hobby, the Institute can take credit for maintaining and improving local licence conditions for all the amateur fraternity. It may seem very remote to the individual, but joining the WIA is a real way of supporting the hobby both in VK and around the world. I'm Jeff Emery and that's what I think. How about you? International news with thanks to RSGB, Southgate, Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, AR Victoria and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Global radio experts float new mobile phone standard. Global radio experts have approved radio standards that are to usher in a new mobile phone operating system to replace third generation or 3G technology. The newly adopted IMT Advanced Spectrum would result in faster and better quality mobile services, said the director of the ITU's Radio Communication Bureau at the organisation's Radio Communication Assembly in Geneva. Some phone providers have dubbed the new standard 4G. The term 4G remains undefined, 
but it is being applied by operators to the forerunners of the IMT Advanced Technologies and to others evolving from 3G systems, the ITU said in a statement. The World Meteorological Organisation warned, however, that increased pressure on the use of radio spectrum could hamper its observation work. Weather forecasts, disaster warnings and climate monitoring are all critically dependent on radio frequency bands which are used around the clock by meteorological services, the WMO said in a statement. Increasing pressure on the use of radio spectrum from wireless technology and other applications could hamper Earth observations and efforts to understand and predict climate change. As previously reported today, ITU officials are expecting 150 countries and 3,300 delegates at the WRC, which runs to February 17. The demand for wireless technologies will more than double in London during the seven weeks of the Olympic and Paralympic Games. The event includes the assignment of up to 20,000 wireless frequencies. Demand is due to the increasing use of wireless technologies such as wireless cameras and wireless microphones for close-up action to a global audience of over 4 billion viewers. The extensive use of walkie-talkies by the organisers, talkback systems for broadcasters, timing and scoring systems and sports commentary systems for the audience will also be essential for the organisation of the Games. Spectrum is already being used at full capacity. The extra demand includes borrowing Spectrum on a short-term basis from public sector bodies such as the Ministry of Defence and parts of the Amateur Service Secondary Allocation on 70 centimetres. Ofcom will be using a large team of radio engineers to track down and deal with any cases of interference. Long-awaited modified rules mean that more than 2,000 CL prefix stations in Cuba will be able to use parts of the 80-metre and 40-metre bands for the first time. Until now, the third-class codeless licence has been confined to segments on the 160-metre and 2-metre bands using 10 watts on CW and phone. Their new expanded allocation means CL holders will also be heard on 7100 to 7125 kHz and 3500 to 3750 kHz. In a bid led by France and the USA to stop leap seconds has failed at the ITU radio assembly. A revision of standard frequency and time signal emissions failed to reach a consensus at the International Telecommunication Union Radio Communication Assembly meeting. Since 1972, a leap second has been used to synchronise Coordinated Universal Time, UTC, with Solar Time. The International Earth Rotation and Reference Systems Service has decided to add a leap second at the end of June 2012. While a leap second can be added and taken from any month, it's only occurred at the end of December and June. The most recent leap was added on the 31st of December 2008. A leap second is necessary because of the Earth's unpredictable rotation. UTC is based on atomic clocks, but has been kept more or less synchronised with mean solar time by way of leap seconds. The latest edition of RADCOM features the 2012 RSGB band plans and a background article on the substantial changes that have occurred. This information is now also available to all amateurs online at the www.rsgb.org forward slash operating forward slash band plans. In particular, please note that there have been major changes in the 4010, 64 and 23 SEMS bands, so please ensure 
that any older editions are discarded. The digital node test for the pending London 2012 Olympic Simplex D-Star nodes, the test will be carried out both on 2 metres and 70 sems in echo test mode only, without D-Star gateway between the hours of 1000 and 1600 UTC. The D-Star node will record your digital test transmission and then retransmit it back to you and at the same time you'll be able to see what type of coverage will be available. The GiantQRZ.com ham radio website has joined the fight to stop the passage of SOPA, the Stop Online Piracy Act, and PIPA, a bill similar working its way through the U.S. Senate. Amateur Radio Newsline's Robert Sudak, WB6FDF, reports on why QRZ.com and its owner, Fred Lloyd, AA7BQ, is taking this hardline stand. Why should ham radio care about these two bills? Well, according to publisher Fred Lloyd, AA7BQ, the measures are sponsored by Hollywood Entertainment Corporations and the recording industry. They threaten to destroy the Internet as we know it. And in his front page posting on QRZ.com, he lists what he terms the facts about the bills. According to AA7BQ, websites will be required to police their own content for copyright violations of all kinds. Any website found in violation of the intellectual property of another party must be shut down, its Internet access blocked by its Internet service provider, DNS delisting, and all banking transactions via online payment providers would be stopped. Lloyd notes that there is no burden of proof required to shut down a website. Any claim of copyright infringement could result in a court-ordered shutdown. Website owners will be responsible for policing content uploaded by their users. A violation could be ridiculously minor to qualify, such as uploading a trademarked image, a photo of a celebrity, a clipping from a newspaper, an audio clip from a movie, or the like. Also, uploading a copyrighted song or video would become a felony under the U.S. Code. And it's not just domestic websites that would be impacted. The law would apply to foreign websites as well, requiring United States-based Internet service providers to block access to those sites. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Robert Sudak, WB6FDF in Los Angeles. These stories from the RSGB and from the Amateur Radio Newsline are on the web at www.arnewsline.org. And I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. You're tuned to VK1WIA. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In VK7, it can be heard on the VK7 repeater networks across Tasmania on MF and HF frequencies from 9am each Sunday, followed by the VK7 regional news broadcast from 9.30am. On behalf of VK7 OTC, I'm Peter Lee. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1 WIA. Operational news, I'm Felix VK4 FUQ. Special events and on-air contest column, Dateline 2012. VK, Ross Hull Memorial VHF UHF contest closes Tuesday, January 31. VK, John Moore Memorial Field Day, March 17 and 18. 
VK ZL AM CW on Anzac Day, April 25. Special event stations, DX and Beacon and Net Advice. Special call signs for UK radio amateurs during 2012. The Radio Society of Great Britain and Ofcom have reached agreement on the optional use of special call signs for two significant events during 2012. For the Queen's Diamond Jubilee, all UK amateur stations will have the option of applying for a variation to their licence if they wish to use a special prefix for a five-week period. This will add or substitute the letter Q in place of the original identifier in the call sign. Period, 5th of May to the 10th of June. For the period of the Olympic Games and Paralympic Games, a similar facility will exist for a seven-week period, using the letter O. 21st of July to the 9th of September. ITU HQ Special Activity The International Amateur Radio Club... 4U1ITU is operating with the special call sign 4U1WRC until February the 17th. Activity will take place during the ITU World Radio Conference 2012 from Geneva in Switzerland. Operations will be from 160 to 6 metres, eventually higher, all modes. All QSOs will be confirmed with a special QSL available via 4U1ITU. The VK1WIA National News. I'm Felix VK, 4FUQ, Inningham. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group news. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Digital. David Rowe, VK5DGR, gave a presentation on the Amateur Radio Digital Voice Codec 2 to the Linux Conference in Ballarat, which is held on January the 16th to the 20th, and he was voted the best paper of the conference. Codec 2 is the open-source, low-bit-rate speech codec designed for communications quality speech at around 2,400 bits per second. Operating at 2,000 bits per second, it can send 32 phone calls using the same bandwidth as required for just one 64-kilobit uncompressed phone call. Watch Codec 2, the open-source speech codec at 2400 bits per second and below David Rowe by googling that on YouTube. Also at the conference, a presentation on a high-altitude balloon project using amateur radio. Presenters were Terry Baum, VK5VZI, Foundation license holder Mark Jessup, VK5FDRK, along with embedded hardware and software hacker Joel Stanley. The presentation titled Tux in Near Space was given to the hackers at the Linux conference. The Project Horus group have flown several amateur radio repeaters as well as APRS and video payloads. PSK2K, a new meteor scatter mode by Klaus DJ5HG. PSK2K is a high-speed meteor scatter software written by Klaus DJ5HG, Professor of Computer Science at the University of Hamburg. It allows two-way QSOs to be conducted with a suitable transceiver PC sound card combination and enabling multiple contacts to take place on a single frequency. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Final Frontier. Winners in the RSAT1 KEDR Chicken Little Contest. The Chicken Little Contest received 77 entries from 17 different countries and all continents except for Antarctica. Based on the comments sent, along with the submissions, a wide variety of techniques were used. 
These range from detailed calculations to comparisons with past satellites to guesses based on birthdays. The winners came from the USA, UK and Switzerland. All three winners have received an appropriate Chicken Little certificate and the congratulations of the RSAT1KEDR team who thanked all who entered. And winners of the RSAT1KEDR Grab the Last Telemetry Contest. Thanks to the dedication of stations around the world, a nearly steady stream of digital telemetry reports were received in the final days from RSAT1KEDR. On the 31st of December, there were 1,125 entries. 1st of January, it rose to 1,537 entries. And the 2nd of January, it rose again to 1,541. On the 3rd of January, it dropped to 1,048. And of course, on the 4th of January, the last day, only 107 entries. The final digital data was copied by both JAATCH and JA0CAW. It was received at 060214 on the 4th of January 2012, less than an hour before the estimated point of loss in the South Atlantic. Their data combined with the submissions of many others constitutes the most comprehensive coverage of the re-entry of any amateur satellite. JA8TCH and JA0CAW will receive a certificate for their achievement. Well done guys. Well that's all I have for you for this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Well, so endeth the Australia Day edition, just about Australia Day edition of WIA National News, the news for January 29, 2012. We'll do it all again next week, right here on your favourite FM, AM, SSB, or maybe even your digital D-Star radio. I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.